Good afternoon and welcome back to Midday Magazine for Friday, March 24th. I'm Shelby Herbert reporting for KFSK. The state of Alaska has hired a new leader for the Alaska Marine Highway System. Greg Craig Tornga has been hired as the ferry system's new marine director. In that role, he'll oversee hundreds of ferry workers and a fleet of nine ships. The marine director position, formerly known as the HMAHS general manager, has been vacant since the retirement of Captain John Falvey in January. According to the State Department of Transportation, Tornga has extensive experience in the marine industry and management. He started his maritime career sailing aboard ocean-going vessels with Crowley Marine Services, which transports fuel and supplies in Alaska. He spent over 20 years working his way up through that company. Since 2017, Tornga has served as a senior vice president with Kirby Offshore Marine in Houston, Texas. The company distributes petroleum products with a fleet of offshore tugs and barges. The state worked with the Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board on the hire, which unanimously supported Tornga. Board Chair Shirley Marquardt said that the board is confident that Tornga's decades of experience and knowledge in the unique mar- marine industry here in Alaska and Houston span every element needed to manage the ferry system. Tornga will take over a ferry system facing numerous challenges, from short staffing to an aging fleet. Tornga's first day on the job will be Monday, April 3rd. Yearly homicides more than doubled from 2011 to 2019 in Alaska. That's according to the state's report on the most recent homicide data, which shows the annual homicide rate increased steadily and significantly over the last decade. Alaska's homicide rate is higher than the national average, according to the report. And the national rate is high already, more than seven times higher than other high-income countries combined in 2015. State ep- epidemiologist Deborah Hull-Gilly says the state makes these reports so epidemiologists and other state agencies can see how Alaska's homicide rate is changing over time. What we saw when we when we looked at the timeline is that we see about midpoint this increase. So what's the difference? What's happening there that is impacting homicides and having more homicide victims in over the last five years? Here's what's new. 532 Alaskans were killed from 2011 to 2020, most with guns and most in the last five years of the study. Homicides by firearm increased substantially in most regions in Alaska. Men were the most frequent victims, accounting for two-thirds of the homicides in the state. Of female victims, nearly 40% were killed by intimate partners, like like current or former spouses. Alaska Native people were killed at four times the rate of white Alaskans. Nearly half of the state's homicides took place in Anchorage, which is home to almost 40% of the state's population. But Hull Jilly says there was another metric that mirrored the bump in the rise in homicide rates in the last five years. 
more than half of homicide victims tested positive for the use of alcohol or drugs, especially marijuana and methamphetamines. This homicide report is just the beginning of some very good uh, data working with our law enforcement partners to see if we can't identify more information that will aid in the prevention of these cases. Homicides account for nearly 20% of the state's violent deaths, a number that is dwarfed by suicides, which account for about 70% of violent deaths. Hull Jilly says the remainder are from people killed by police and deaths with undetermined intent. Homicides counted in the study are only closed for closed cases. The first year of the pandemic was an exception to the other years of the study. While homicides spiked in the rest of the nation, they decreased by more than a third in Alaska. Utility users in Wrangell are looking at increased rates and fees for pretty much everything in the coming months. As Sage Smiley reports, Wrangell's government is trying to keep up with skyrocketing inflation and prepare for major projects in the coming years. Last year, Wrangell began a shift to a comprehensive fee and rate schedule, slowly pulling utility rates out of borough code and putting them into a 20-page long document with the borough's rates for everything from the cost to open a graveyard plot to the water bill for a bakery. Now, once a year, the borough assembly reconsiders all the rates and fees at once. Since it's the first year of this fee and rate schedule, there are some changes coming. Finance Director Mason Valarma explained there will be about a 10% increase per month on an average Wrangell utility bill. This would be a $34 increase monthly, a $410 increase annually, which truly is about a 10% increase overall. Assemblymember Dave Powell said it's not ideal, but if Wrangell sets a pattern now, there won't be huge utility rate hikes in the future. It'll be steady and predictable. I would rather they see this once every year than us do what we have done. Like we just did on our on water is is you you went seven, seven, five, and five, 27 percent, three years. I mean, I don't, I don't want that on my utilities. Four years from now, you guys go up and go, I'm off the assembly, and you go, well, guess what? We, we let a lot for four years, but here's 35% now. Well, and I'm retired. At a work session earlier this month, Finance Director Valarma explained the borough's proposed fee and rate increases are mostly to help combat aging infrastructure and prepare for the future. Uh, a couple of quick questions to ask is, do we need the same stuff that we did 30 years ago? Do we need the same amount of trucks? Do we need the same buildings? Can we do it more efficiently? Um, and if so, are we generating enough income to sustain our operations currently? The borough hasn't been keeping up with the slow deterioration of buildings. So instead of putting money away a little at a time over decades as buildings depreciate, many of the community's public facilities are at the end of their useful lives with no money to repair or replace them. Obviously sales tax and property tax are the largest revenue drivers, but barring those those two, our enterprise funds uh, are the biggest revenue drivers for the borough. Enterprise funds are accounts that are supposed to be self-sustaining. In theory, Wrangell's utility funds should take in enough in electricity, water, and sewer bills to pay for the cost of services without dipping into tax revenue or other outside funding. But that hasn't been the case. As you guys know, like, in the area for the last 50 years, really since the 1970s, we've been heavily reliant on state feds, and the community of Wrangell has never really paid the true cost of services. We know that to be true. Thus, the rate hikes. 
How the increases break down for specific utilities varies a bit, but the big picture is 5 to 50% raises on all sorts of rates and fees around town. Mayor Patty Gilbert told borough staff she wants to be able to show concerned citizens what the borough is doing to lower its own expenses. She also wondered about ways to help utility users save money, maybe an additional tax-free day in town or a new smaller trash can size with less frequent pickups. One thing that strikes me looking at it as the public will, um, the only thing the public has control over is their electrical usage. Yep. The other rates are flat rates. But even ordering trash cans comes at a steep price nowadays. Public Works Director Tom Waiter said 50 new small-sized trash cans could cost upwards of $10,000. Assemblymember Jim DeBoard also floated the idea of implementing a summer-winter system like the one used in Sitka, where rates are higher in the summer to catch the seasonal tourists and lower in the winter. Ketchikan also recently implemented a seasonal sales tax system. Ultimately, Gilbert said raising rates is a hard move to have to make in the broader financial climate. Mathematically, I understand all of this, and I know it needs to be done, but emotionally, <laughs> it's... it's uh, tearing at my heartstrings because we've all experienced this massive inflation. I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. Looking beyond next year, Valarma's model proposes a 5.5% increase to most utilities each year. He says that'll keep up with inflation while rebuilding borough reserves to allow for long-term planning. If we don't at least match inflation, which this is a proposal that basically does that, yeah. we're, we're kicking the can down the road in the next assembly, the next manager next science whatever. And they're gonna inherit a bigger mess. And we we kind of foolish to do that. That's just not advised. It should not be some mass completion. Wrangle cannot continue down the path it's been walking when it comes to utility rates and maintenance, Valarma said. Projects have to get done that we slate and budget for. Otherwise the liabilities continues to grow to the point where it might just not we can't do it. And what what does that mean? What does can't do it mean? Does that mean catastrophic failure? Does that mean all our water lines just crumble? At some point, those projects will have to be funded, he says. It's better to prepare for the future than deal with disaster. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. The Homer Police Department is hosting a series of presentations for parents this spring to aware, raise awareness about youth safety and etiquette online. From preventing sexual exploitation to stalking and cyberbullying. Corinne Smith reports from Homer. As a note of disclosure, this story contains references to sexual abuse and suicide and may not be suitable for all listeners. Homer Police Lieutenant Ryan Browning is on a mission to get parents talking with their kids about online safety. This cannot be a conversation where we have we give our kid a cell phone or a tablet or device and we say, hey, good luck to you, don't be an idiot, right? This is stuff that we've got to talk about continuously, openly, and honestly with them. A recent event at the Homer Public Library drew a few dozen parents for Browning's two-hour presentation called Parenting in the Digital Age. He's bringing the discussion to schools and community centers to help parents understand and talk about social media, online privacy and etiquette, signs of abuse or exploitation, and to share resources. Good kids make poor decisions. They do stupid things. And that doesn't mean they're a bad kid. This stuff happens to good kids and good families. Browning says the campaign was prompted by recent disturbing cases on the Kenai Peninsula. 
Earlier this year, a Homer man was arrested for sexual abuse and online enticement for exchanging sexually explicit photos with several teenage girls. Soon after, Browning was called to respond to a youth suicide attempt. We had a young lady in town who who basically had sent her her final text um, and didn't want to live anymore. And in responding to that call and dealing with her and, and finding out kind of some of the stuff that got her to that point um, was a catalyst for me that I knew that somebody needs to start somewhere having this conversation and talking to parents. At the library, Browning flashes headlines of cases of child abuse, child pornography, and exploitation around the Kenai Peninsula over the last decade. He says last year in Homer alone, the police department received reports of 18 sexual assaults and four stalking cases. Right now we have 33 kids who are victims of sexual assault. 33 active cases. That is more than you that are in this room right now. Tell me this doesn't happen in Homer. It does. Browning emphasized Alaska is in a statewide sexual assault and exploitation crisis, and parents must step up to intervene and protect children. That means parents confronting what can be their worst fears of talking openly about stranger danger or sex and relationships with their kids. Like These are not easy topics to talk about, especially with your kid, but we've got to do it. He says he's seen photos and messages be used as blackmail and extortion, and so discussing online privacy and reputation is important. If we can teach our kids and just drill in their little melons that everything is public and permanent, everything they do online, everything they do on social media, everything they do on their cell phone, somebody might see at some point. He cited data on the addictive nature of social media algorithms and said adolescents are particularly vulnerable to be influenced by what they're seeing and experience impacts to their mental health. There's people that make millions of dollars that share this little tiny bit of their, their perfect life and that's what our kids think is real. Browning cited data showing rising rates of hopelessness, depression, and suicide among teens, which have increased during the COVID pandemic. Also rates of sexual violence, abuse, and cyberbullying. He said parents should be aware of signs, notice any withdrawal, sleeplessness, or anxiety, and especially notice that their kids are upset if their phone is taken away. For perpetrators of online extortion, bullying, or abuse, Browning says it's about power and targeting the young and vulnerable. 100%. It's, I'm going to get you to do this, or I am going to send your friends in this, or you're going to go give me money, and, or I'm going to do this. And it's 100% about, yeah, just using somebody for means to an end. Homer parents Joe and Summer, in attendance at the Homer Library event, said their two kids are still young, but they found the event informative and recommend it for parents. I grew up in Homer. Um, Alaska's always had a problem with this kind of stuff before it went online, and now it's just that much worse now that there's the online component. So, yeah, anyone with kids could benefit from it for sure. Browning encourages parents to look at online safety resources like NetSmarts and the Internet Watch Foundation and to report abusive behavior to social media companies. Browning is planning to take the presentation to schools and communities around the state. The next stops in Soldotna, Kenai, and Sitka. In Homer, I'm Corinne Smith.